Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Conversations That Don't Suck. We have an amazing woman named Yuko Kudo on the podcast today, and before I get to that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some other things, what's happening in the world right now. So, of course, with coronavirus sweeping the United States right now, um, first of all, if you're listening to this, I hope you're feeling healthy and happy and Actually, I don't really care if you're feeling happy, but I hope that you're feeling balanced and that you're feeling supported. That's more important than feeling happy. Um, but I hope you're feeling spirited in your mind and your body. And this, I mean, the times are just fucking crazy right now. And as a person who has probably an exceptional amount of emotional support in her life, like really skilled emotional support from other people that I feel really grateful for. And also for myself, um, I'm still really noticing the way that this is like deeply, deeply, deeply impacting my psyche and um, yeah, impacting my body. I've had a lot of really weird, like physical manifestations of stress happening lately. Um, yeah, just my body doing all kinds of reactive things that I have never experienced before. So yeah, I just want to name whatever it is that you're experiencing with all of this. Um, it's okay. And it's probably very uncomfortable to say the least, but this is, uh, this is the temporary for right now, and um, yeah, to just keep that in mind that things are changing every single day, thank God. Um, and if you are in need of some kind of emotional support um, or some kind of like a listening ear or you want a place online where you can connect in meaningful ways, in ways that are like highly facilitated with other people, then I have a lot, a lot, a lot of resources, a lot of dear friends who facilitate those types of spaces online friends who run a company for deep listening sessions something that's that's different from therapy and and in my opinion often a lot more effective um and yeah so I have a lot of resources for those things or you can just reach out to me send me an email send me a video message I love video messages voice messages y'all know this um send those to me just yeah let me know how you're doing with things and I would love to hear from you um, what else is I going to say? Oh, also on these online platforms, I'm also a facilitator on some of these platforms. So, um, yeah, that's something I love to do is to bring people together in community and in deep connection from all over the world and doing so in a way that feels accessible and that feels, um, not, you know, it's not forced. It's something that feels really authentic and beautiful. So again, if you want those resources, please, please, please reach out to me. And also another thing is I'm curious, and I've mentioned this, um, I think a few episodes ago, but I'm curious about people's podcast habits right now. I'm personally listening to podcasts a lot less right now. It's something that I used to do like on commutes. Um, and now that I'm not commuting, I'm just, I don't really like to just like sit and listen to podcasts. And when I'm on a walk, I normally want to like call somebody or not be in like a work mindset. So I don't know. It depends depends on the person but I'm curious if um if other people are in that same mind and or if you really loved the solo cast that I did a few weeks ago if that's something that you're craving more that's some feedback that I've gotten that people are either listening to podcasts less or they prefer having like a solo cast episode where it's just me talking and it's not with me with a guest um, so I have a lot of guest episodes lined up. I'm not going to not air those because they are amazing conversations with amazing people. But if you maybe want me to pepper in some more, um, solo casts with other things, then I can do that. So, and I say all that because my, the solo cast got like more listens than more downloads than any other episode I've ever released. So 
I wanted to, that, that got me curious. That was a little surprising. So that's exciting. Um, so yeah, let me know what your habits are. Okay. On to Yuko. Yuko is an amazing woman. She was introduced to me by a friend and she, um, lives in New York city. She's a multidimensional artist and creator, and she uses art and storytelling to create community and reminding people to, that they are not alone. And she has an incredible art series and it was such a beautiful conversation. I learned so much from Yuko and she just has a beautiful perspective on how community or how art brings us together and makes difficult conversations easier to have. So I hope you love this conversation with Yuko. Enjoy the episode. We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth-telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck. These ones don't. Hi, Yuko. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super hyped to be on today. Yes. Yeah. What is, uh, what's New York city feeling like today? New York city is a little bit gray sky today. Uh, it was raining yesterday, so I'm hoping that it's not going to rain and you know, like if people are still somewhat, hopefully a little more, <laughs> like they <laughs> smile on their face. I don't know. Like it's mm. so different. We didn't have the clap thing the other day. Ooh, what clap thing? So I think it was on Saturday, I believe. Saturday, like, let's show an appreciation for the essential workers. And so there's a channel going on in, like, let's clap at 7 o'clock for two minutes to show the appreciation for all the essential workers. Oh, okay. There you go. New York City's on it. No, amazing. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that made me kind of happy. It's like there is still hope. People showing respect and uh, appreciation in one way or the other. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Cool. Well, um, yeah, let's dive in. I would love if you can share just a little bit about the work that you do and who you are and what you're about. And uh, we'll, we'll flow from there. Awesome. So my name is Yuko Kudo and I am originally from Japan. I moved out from Japan when I was 19 years old and I was in West Coast, West Coast for <laughs> 10, 10 years. And <laughs> Yeah, so I love the sun. I appreciate the, all the nice beach. And then 2013, I moved to New York. And now I'm a freelance artist, social entrepreneur. I like to organize community events. Now it's all virtual. But, and then now I'm going in a little bit more towards how can I utilize art into the community organizing and serving other people and social justice work so those are the things that I'm working on and when people ask me what I do I answer I do anything with art people and having fun there you go oh beautiful art people and having fun that's a good that's a good business card to have (laughs) isn't it yeah (laughs) um yeah can you say more I'm curious about like your interest in art and using that as a way to bring together uh, people in community Awesome. So there are so many different ways that I could go about it. I think that's the 
blessing and the curse of being an artist because like I want to do so many different things and I'm always jumping on from one thing to the other and as an, a social entrepreneur we always talk about Chinese object syndrome but that's been my life the whole <laughs> entire time right like oh I want to do singing I want to do dancing I want to do the poem I want to write a book so that's always my thing and so what I started doing around 2017 was really not limiting to what I do or how I express and really focusing on what I wanted to feel. So like I switched from like how it looks like to how I wanted to feel. So I had a monthly event that I was curating for two years and like every single month we had a theme by healing or fear or trust. What does faith look like? And so we had a different type of artists come in all the time. Some are spoken words artists, some are musicians. We even had a fiddler that one time randomly walked by. That was kind of cool. Um, (laughs) It was really fun. And so like I started really understanding no matter what we do, how we express the heart feeling that we have and how we empathize with each other, how we connect with each other is like a universal. So now what I started doing with those social issues and social uh, justice work is really like, how can I create more ripple effect and make people aware of the topic using art? And the way I got into it was really like, <laughs> I'm the person like, if I'm not feeling good, I'm not gonna do it, right? Like I was in the bubble of all like a woo-woo stuff and like, if I'm doing it right, mm-hmm. I still feel good, right? And, and like when I don't feel like it, I'm not in alignment. Yeah, <laughs> you know? oh my God, what bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's such a bullshit. <laughs> so I got, when I got an opportunity to work with NYU, and the theme they gave me to present for the students were uh, crime and punishment, the mass incarceration. So, and the first topic to jump in was super deep. And I knew like almost nothing about mass incarceration. So I started doing more research. By research, I mean binge watching all the Netflix I had to do with incarceration. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to read books and I got to talk with some spoken words artists who are really advocate. So I started really connecting with the folks. And what I realized that time was, um, I don't see a lot of Asian folks. I don't see a lot of white folks. I don't see a lot of folks basically who are not impacted by the certain topic because there is no reference point of connecting to the issue. But what I realized was instead of saying, hey, let's talk about XYZ issues that's been going on, I'll tell people, hey, we're like watching this documentary or we're doing some art uh, curation for this and this topic and would you like to come? And people are more likely to come and have a little bit of a touch point or some type of connection, it's easier to connect when art was presented to them as opposed to in your face and present the topic or the issues. So I started focusing on that. How can I make it more relevant for folks who are not directly impacted by it, but also have uh, power to do something about it? Because those are the majority of the folks and we get to make a change or we get to make whatever um, the ally and solidarity through understanding each other and connecting with each other. 
So I thought that was really powerful and something that I'm really called to do. So I started diving into environmental justice, um, women's empowerment, and those kind of thing. And I love doing it. That's super interesting. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like the people, um, like specifically with this mass incarceration topic and maybe with other things that are difficult to talk about and like issues that are sort of difficult to swallow once we really understand how huge they are, it sounds like it was easier for people to digest all of this when it was in the form of art versus being talked at them or I don't, I don't know what other mediums might make that feel like more overwhelming, but yeah, like that's super interesting because it almost sounds like the art I would imagine maybe helps us to feel like it's a bit more Ooh, I don't know. Like it's maybe more outside of us in a certain way. Not in that, it, mm-hmm. you know, we're not impacted by it or that we are not impacting the system itself. But yeah, like what do you make of that? That the art was help, a helpful way for people to to talk about these things. Yeah, um, such a great point. And I believe that's because art, because of the art, I was able to connect with these issues. And I remember when I first moved to United States uh, from Japan, I was told not to talk about three things because like we don't have enough English skill that we don't have enough background like a don't talk don't talk about religion politics and race right? hmm. so I like intentionally avoided talking about it and also like international students and I really didn't have an experience in like issues that wasn't affecting me but understanding the topic and Art really taught me to be more curious and taught me to be, oh, what else are out there? Uh, what else are, can I learn? And really ask me a question because I can connect to the pain. I can connect to um, like feelings, right? So I love the quote from Malala and said, I'm sharing my story not because it's unique, but because it's not. And she also talked about mm. how the details of the details of the stories are different, but what you're experiencing, the pain, the agony, the loneliness and or anxiety or the frustration, those are the things people can connect. So I think if we can find a touch point in that hard feeling and connect with an empathetic way, like people could or potentially have the opportunity to spark some type of curiosity and say like, hey, maybe I could learn something a little bit more about this topic. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's it's so interesting that to hear that you were told not to talk about religion and politics and race um, because <laughs> of my favorite thing to talk now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's it's interesting that like you were told that when um you know because of like oh maybe it's your language skills or maybe you don't know you haven't been in the country long enough you're not allowed to talk about these things like whatever sort of was indoctrinated into you mm-hmm. with that belief it's interesting because so many people in the united states whose first language is english and they do have experience being in this being in this country it's it's interesting because most people fear talking about those things, um, mm. especially in a way that's like skillful and that's empathic. And I think people are definitely more willing to like get into debates, but more so like, how do we have an actual conversation around something like race? It's hard. It's so uncomfortable. And like, we have to be willing to, to sit with the discomfort instead of just arguing with people who look like us and trying to, um, come up with opinions and ideas when like we're not actually involving 
people who have different beliefs or have different experiences, different races and backgrounds than we do, um, which is typically how it's going. It's like, you know, a bunch of white people getting into a room and talking about race or a bunch of Christian people getting into a room and talking about religion. And it's there, there are not enough mixed spaces in this way. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for like really acknowledging that, that right. Cause the fear, the uncomfortable feeling and that it's so needed and whenever i hear from folks i like this it's so uncomfortable but mm -hmm. like i am putting myself in this situation because i want to learn i i appreciate and like really applaud those folks like yourself like so much because without like really going in and making yourself uncomfortable like choosing yourself to be uncomfortable and have that talk like you're never going to learn and it hurts because like I like mind you like I am like nowhere that I would say like I'm an expert in this like I'm barely scratching the surface and my knowledge is so limited and whenever I talk about oh I'm like doing somewhat in social justice ish work and like I almost want to bite my tongue like I don't know anything about history I don't know anything about other race so like who am I to be talking about this but like the more I put myself in an uncomfortable situation, like I learn more, like, and whenever people are coming from the genuine place of like, let me ask you a question because I really want to learn, like people are usually open to it, right? And be persistent mm -hmm. with it. Like, if you are just coming once and like that piece out for like the rest and like, yeah, you try it and it's great. It's better than not doing anything, but like a really show up, not only for yourself, but for the the people around you. And so I really appreciate folks that can really acknowledge like what's going on or willingness to see, let me see things in a different way or like a different than what I've been seeing up until this point and have that willingness to see that is such an important thing and I appreciate those folks so much. So thank you. Mm, yeah. And I think, yeah, as you're saying, one of the most important things when we're like setting those spaces is just acknowledging that like, it's going to be uncomfortable. We're going to fuck up. Like we're going to say something that is that like might offend someone. And um, yeah, we're going to say something out of line. I'm going to say something that the Republican in the room doesn't agree with. And yep. these things are okay. And we have to set that space to like, this is a place where we can all make mistakes and we can like screw up and reiterate. Yep. And um, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest fear. It's It's something that I hear so much from the men in my life that like the men in my life really want to have conversations about gender and it's something it's so fascinating to hear so many men say this because like I love that yeah I love it too and it's and but what they say is they're like I'm so afraid of saying the wrong thing like I like mm -hmm. women have been with through so much shit and I'm like afraid that I don't know I'm afraid of what I don't know I'm afraid of like what mm -hmm. I don't know that I don't know and I don't want to say something that's going to make them feel worse. I don't want to say something that's going to offend them. And, and therefore the conversations aren't being had. And I sense from a lot of men that like, there is a real desire for them to like understand where women are coming from and what their experience is and has been. Um, but there's a fear of like, I don't know how to do it. And yeah, it takes someone skillful to set up that space and it's, it's intense. Yep. Oh my God, I love this. Like, I, I want to have a conversation with your friends. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
because it's so important and like a you like it's important to have those folks who want to show what's going on like and like in your what you've been talking about it's like right it's important that women speak our places but it, what's probably more important is man who wants to listen a man who want to support us a man who want to create and collaborate i think it goes both ways right that's so refreshing and i'm so excited to hear like i, I can't wait to meet those people <laughs> yeah yeah and i think they're out you know there's more of them than we think it's just that people are yeah scared to open up the conversation and it's hard and it's um yeah, it definitely takes a real container to be set for sure. I love um, it. I would love for you to bring one of those men on your podcast and have a conversation. That would be super cool. Oh, that's actually such. Oh, I haven't considered that. This is a great idea to have a conversation yeah. about gender with one of my male friends. Ooh, love okay. It. Pinning that idea. Thank you so much, Yuko. <laughs> Welcome. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'm curious. How has this helped you evolve as just like? a citizen of the world, um, as you've been creating these spaces for other people, how has it changed your mindset around these issues or your ability or willingness to have these difficult conversations sort of outside of your work? I'm thinking more just like in your, in your personal life. Um, yeah. How has it affected all of that? <laughs> it's more like, how is it? <laughs> like, like my life has flipped upside down. I feel like ever since I started like these kind of work, like I really started tapping into my, who I am as an artist and who I am as an, like a, someone who love people so much. Um, the biggest thing, oh, it's so hard to choose. But um, like having an uncomfortable conversation is one thing. And I think the biggest thing, I'm mumbling, but <laughs> the biggest thing that I started doing is asking questions. Mm. Like you pretend, stop pretending that I know something. And like even reading the book, like I'm only aware of so much, like talking to people, people who are experiencing that or people who know somebody who experienced that or even watching the documentaries are different than the personal experience so like it really asking question on the spot it coming and being intentional about why am I asking and whenever I have a concern or like a shaking voice that you should not be speaking or you should just shut up and usually that's the time I have to speak up mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to fight and uh, fight my like fear or anxiety and speak up and speak up in a way that really intentional like it's not to prove myself it's not to validate myself it is just there because it is there and I like the one of the biggest impact that I had on me in the last couple of years doing my work is I really appreciate my heritage like I appreciate my Mm -hmm. heritage as who I am as an immigrant and I do not take it for granted and even within immigrants I am documented and I am privileged Mm -hmm. immigrant I call myself that and and you know being a Japanese and female and documented has such a privilege Mm -hmm. I understand and appreciate myself a little bit more because if I don't know who I am and I not only I can speak for myself, but like wherever I go, I am representing myself, especially in the city like New York. 
and especially with what I do. So I appreciate myself more, my heritage more, and understanding that makes me more humble. I started care, stopped caring a little bit. I stopped caring in a way that I had to do it perfect mm -hmm. because that doesn't exist. I try to approach everything I do as a project mm. and like, hey, if this project and I experimented this and that, and if it works great, if it doesn't, great. I learned something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm noticing just a thread of a few of the things that you're saying, um, like with approaching things as a project, like sort of this beginner's mindset um, that like there's always something to learn, even if it doesn't work, quote unquote, um, if, it, if, it does, if it's not successful, quote unquote, um, and that and also one of the things that you said earlier of asking yourself, why am I asking this question? And that when you feel that nervousness yeah. or that panic of like, oh, I shouldn't be saying this. I have no right to be saying this. Like you should probably say it. Um, and yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that question of why am I asking this? And that is so humbling. That is, that is a humility invoking question for sure. Um, yeah, I'm curious, like, what kinds of things come up for you there? Because that's a question that does not get asked of ourselves enough. Is like, really, like, where are we coming from when we're asking certain questions, when we're saying certain things? Um, and what is our motivation? What are we trying to get out of this other person? Because a lot of times it is, we are trying to get things out of people. Um, and, and that sounds really, like, insidious and manipulative. And I don't think that's most people's intentions. Um, like, it's rarely an intention. But Typically, we are trying to get something from people, and it's such a humbling question to ask, like, what am I trying to get out of this person? Why am I asking this? I'm curious about, like, your experience with asking yourself that question, if you can speak more to that. Uh, uh, you ask a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, and I think, what are you doing exactly that? Like, what, like a... In one ear, I think, and it comes to like asking question. What I'm understanding is really you have to be really present. I have to be really present. It's mm -hmm. not like what I can say in the middle of it, and it's like what can I, what is the relationship that I can relate to it, or what is like how can I make it seem like more I'm empathetic and how, like show that I can relate to it. None of that matters in that moment, right? So I got to be really intentional and pay attention and trying to understand who this person is, what this person went through or have accomplished and what is this person trying to teach me? Like, what is this person trying to share with me? And, and that is not something we're used to, right? Like, that is mm -hmm. not something that I'm used to, like, because I always want to connect with the folks and connect with whatever that's going on. And, and like, if it's interesting that you said that we're trying to always get something and for me within the conversation what I'm trying to get intentionally or in, unintentional without an intention I think that was look at me I'm so present look at me or I'm trying to connect with you look at me I am trying mm. to create this community for us like so there the intention could be still good but there is an underlining of I still want to do this so it's it's very it takes a lot of effort and practice to be present and uh, I'm always like 
trying to learn from people and see like how are these people connecting with people so much so whenever i listen to podcasts like i'm always fascinated by the like the host and like every the facilitator for the panels like how do you all like listen to every single one of the touch points mm-hmm. so well because I'm trying to get the information from all the panels, trying to get the information from this guest. And, and when I'm doing that, they're like pinpointing all the mark and they get the little detail that they mentioned. And it's such a huge skill. So I think question will come if you're really truly listen to it. And if you're truly and genuinely curious about the person or the topic that they are talking about, you just want to learn more. Mm, yeah yeah I think that's so true that when we're really present with people and we're really listening then really the only thing that can come up is like curiosity is continued curiosity with what they're saying and it reminds me of a conversation I was having with a woman in this are you familiar with circling with the practice of circling Mm -hmm. yeah so I was doing a circle and for people who are not familiar with it it's um, a relational practice it's like a present moment practice where we're focusing on, um, wow, I'm actually really bad at describing what circling is. I don't know if you have a good description for it, Yuko, but I'm pretty much focusing on like what's between two people. So instead of focusing on like me talking about myself and you talking about you, we're maybe talking about like our dynamic together and um, what that brings up for each of us. And so I was speaking with this older woman. um, She was maybe, I'm guessing like early seventies, I'm not sure, but she was saying like, uh, I, I was talking about how coronavirus and like the quarantine and all of that has like brought up a lot of loneliness for me. And I, I miss my friends and I miss touching people and eye contact and all these things. And she said, um, oh, I remember what it was like to be young and for those to be my biggest problems. And I felt like so much defensiveness come up in me. And like, and I had to take this serious moment of humility. And I told her, I was like, oh, I'm f- noticing a lot of defensiveness rising up in me hearing you say that. And, and like what I had to do in that moment, instead of being like, screw you, like I'm allowed to have hard feelings, which is like what I wanted to do in that moment is to say, like, I'm curious, like, I'm curious where your statement was coming from when you said that. And what I'm assuming is that like, you're wanting recognition for the challenges that you're current ex- currently experiencing or have experienced in your life that has been much longer than mine so far. And yeah, and like having to come from that place of humility and of like, I don't know why this person is saying this thing. And when we're being reactive and we're not in that state of presence, then mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's impossible to understand people and to be curious when we're not present. We're not going to get that from people. No, that's just such a good example, though. Like you're really present, and I like, I love that you are like your willingness to like really take a moment. It's like, <laughs> why am I being triggered by this? You yeah, because like, we're back quick of being like reactive and say like, yo, like stop, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a matter. I think so. So much of this, like, as part of what you're saying, is just like. Do I want to, I don't know, do I want to go through the world being more curious or do I want to go through the world being defensive and a lot of other things and just like alone, essentially. Like, I think so much of what you're doing, Yuko, it's like, it would be impossible if you were not being present and you were not willing to be curious. Like, you wouldn't be creating art and building community. You have to be open to these things. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that so much. 
Yeah, for sure. And speaking of community, I'm curious, this is always a topic that I'm so keen to dive into with other community builders because, and I think maybe we touched on this a little bit when you and I first were introduced to each other, but I find that community is such a rare concept for young people. Mm. Um, And it's always like one of the first questions I always ask someone whenever I meet someone new, I'll ask like, what's your community? Like, what are you involved in? Who's in your community? And most people are like, um, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean community? They're like, I don't know. I have my work friends. Like I go to yoga class and I do this and that. And like having a community is so rare for people. And I'm curious if you find that that's true of the people that you serve or kind of what your experience with all of that is in New York. Gotcha. Yeah. I loved having that conversation when we first talked and uh, (laughs) it's so interesting. I am so fortunate to say that the folks that I surround myself here in the New York is very community oriented. So I'm very spoiled in that sense. (laughs) But before I started doing this work, I felt like I am surrounded by all these bubbles that I actually don't belong in anywhere. You know, it's like a bouncy house that you have so much bulbs inside and like you can, you're touching everything, but not really like really in like a part of anything. So I was part of this community, I was part of this community, I was part of this community, and I have all the people that I could jump in and out with, but I was not necessarily connecting with any of them, which made me feel even more lonelier, because I was just Mm. there physically, right? Mm -hmm. So I forgot who said this, but belonging, belonging and being a part of the community is active choice and active action that you have to make. Mm. And that community could look like within your house, like with your roommate or housemate or with your family or with your workspace. As long as you be intentional about the connecting with folks where they're saying, how are you? Like not just to say, how are you? So that you say it or like really acknowledge people and look at them in the eyes and say like, hey, how are you? Like, And if they're always asking you, I'm good and just go by their day, like, like literally grab them and like, pause and like <laughs> ask them right like no how are you doing like really how are you mm-hmm. and I think that level of intentional connection is needed and which is not happening especially now in this in this social distancing right and and the millennials and the younger generations are really like social social media and everything is so digital and do you see people in the restaurant like they're all sitting in the table and all of them are on the phone and not mm-hmm. engaging in the conversation so even if your family spending time together there is no connection like like how do you actually connect with people and like i can re- go back to the coronavirus thing like this social distancing for me is like really making me intentional about connecting with people like who is in my circle who am I who is important in my life and can I actually pick up the phone and call them right not me not texting beyond texting like how Mm -hmm. can we have a voice-to-voice conversation so that we can connect and I think that's such a beautiful moment that we get to dive in in this moment and to check in like let them know that you're they are important in your life and the community literally could stop, start from you and another person. And uh, like, community is a buzzword. And uh, 
I have mixed feeling time to time, but it, at the end of the day, it's more connection than community. Mm, yeah. Can you, what, what do you mean by that? That it's more connection than community and, and, and also your thoughts on community being a buzzword. Cause I agree with this and I'm curious what your, uh, what your thoughts are there. Right. Um, cause it looks like different right? right? And the, in the loose community it looks like people who live in the same building or people who live in the same block, people who are working at the same company and you can say it as a community. And in the grand scheme, it is a community. It is, a, or the church. Church is actually a great example. You can be in a church and belong to the church, go to the mass all the time, and let's say you're being a part of the community. But if you're not actively participating in it, you're just there. You become a part of the mm-hmm. community because you actively engage in people within the community. Mm-hmm. So yeah. without the connection and active engagement, there's no community. You're a part of this building or neighborhood or organization, but community or the relationship start with people. Yeah, oh, that's so important. And I think it's something that gets so lost because when you're talking about this active participation, active action, active, yeah, like really being there, you're not just existing in the space, but really showing up fully. I think that gets lost on people so much because when I'm talking about community with people, one thing that I hear a lot is like, oh, you know, I went to this event. I went to, I went to this church service. I went to this community event. I went to this uh, yoga class, whatever it is. And feeling like, and them saying, but I didn't like it. And so no, I'm not going again. And um, sometimes things just aren't for us. But a lot of the time, I think people are forgetting that like you need to give something to the community in order to get something back. Like you need to show up and talk to people. You need to show up and connect. You need to show up and really bring something and offer something um, of yourself in order to, to get something back from them. And I, people forget that, that like communities are relationships and just like you can't expect like a partner to want to take care of you if you're not willing to take care of them yeah, you need to show up for your community and you need to show up for those relationships. And that's, that's how the community gets built. There you go. I'm so loving it. Uh, <laughs> I lo- and, and I had to, I had to like, really acknowledge what you said. And I, because I love the, what you said, I think you said existing in the space, right? Mm-hmm. Existing in the space versus being a part of the community. It's so different that it's so accurate. So yeah. accurate. Yeah. And also I love one of the other things you mentioned was, which is that you, went to all of these different events and communities and you didn't feel like they were fitting and that you still continue to show up and keep trying to find other things. And that's another really important thing I think that that gets lost is like, yeah, you're going to show up to different communities and you're going to show up to different events or or gathering spaces. And like, yeah, they're not all going to jive with you. Probably most of them won't. Like you might like enjoy it, but it might not feel like your exact space. And yeah, it takes a lot of trial and error to find your people. Like so much trial oh, and error. So good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like when people, like I'm, I definitely would consider myself a leader in my community here in San Francisco. And people assume that like I've always just been so well connected. And I'm like, I, you have no idea how many meet, like bad meetups I've been to. Mm-hmm. Like so many bad meetups. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like, even. Just keep trying. Yeah. You yep. just keep doing it. <laughs> yep. 
And like what you like what worked for you in the first couple of years couldn't like doesn't probably fit you anymore. Or like if people in the circle go in and out and like it will always evolving, always changing, and people will not stay in your life forever and ever. And that's okay too, right? And I have to say that um like something that I'm really admit about sharing nowadays that like I care about people because I know how much I hate being alone and I know how sad it is for me to just be in the space like where mm-hmm. there are so many people but I feel like completely don't belong there at all so I think that's why I am really intentional about connecting with the people and or at least my intention is to connect with the people and say like hey I see you I hear you and and I'm with you and if that is for them great if it's not for them great they got something else mm-hmm. yeah how do you define like what does it look like for you to be intentionally connecting with people how does that show up in your life Ooh, I'm practicing this every single day I try not to be on the phone all the time which is so hard <laughs> which is so hard and uh, when I ask people how are you I really want to like make sure that they understand that I'm asking them how are you mm-hmm. like, like I really want to know that like how they are doing because especially with the busy people and community organizers are like <laughs> our, our tendency is really just say, oh I'm good how are you let me ask about you yeah and, no I actually want to know about you <laughs> yeah Mm, yeah I love to (laughs) that's like one of my favorite things when I'm like really practicing connection with others is to like keep the attention on them because it's especially I think when people are um sharing something difficult we have such Mm a um such an aversion to keeping the attention on ourselves and we're really taught like you don't want to take up too much attention you don't want to bring people's moods down if you mention something that's like hard or difficult you should apologize say like sorry I brought the mood down everybody sorry I brought the mood down by talking about something real like it's it's really <laughs> crazy and I'll and whenever people are talking about something difficult and they say like anyway sorry how are you like l- let's talk about you I'll be like oh no 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 let's keep the attention on you like yeah, I want to exactly. explore more <laughs> I love it yeah yeah it's we're so we're so averse to these things it's kind of yeah it's a shame but I think yeah like what you're talking about um with giving people that presence and giving people that attention, it just like slowly creates this ripple effect of like, we can talk to each other in this way. We can have these types of connections and relationships and conversations, but we have to open up. We have to open each other up to it. Mm, So good. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to be mindful of our time here. And there are two things I want to do before we close. The first is I would love for you to tell the people where we can find more information about you and the awesome things that you're doing. And then I want to ask you like a series of some lightning round questions. Ooh. Oh yeah. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Okay. So yeah, please let us know where we can find more information about you and the work you're doing. Awesome. So again, my name is Yuko Kudo. Uh, It's spelled Y-U-K-O-K-U-D-O, short and sweet. And you can go to my website, it's www.yukoitlovelivelife.com. And I am on Instagram and Facebook with Yuko Kudo, Y-U-K-O-K-U-D-O. And uh, Instagram is Y-U-K-O, Yuko is Lovely Life. I think that's the handle. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can find me on all of those places. 
And what I'm working on now, I'm working on two major things. One, I am collaborating with awesome Japanese folks and we are putting on Off-Broadway, which unfortunately has been postponed due to coronavirus, but this is a beautiful, beautiful production about believing themselves and like really seeing things beyond what other people can see. It's such a powerful musical that I'm so proud to be a part of, and so I'm super excited that um, hopefully everything you know, will go well, and like probably in November it will be Off-Broadway. And another thing that I'm working on is I'm working on a piece about desert and uh, environmental justice and using art. So I'm super hyped about it and I can't wait to share more. Oh, wow. Those both sound amazing. I'm so excited to, to hear more about those. Beautiful. Thanks. Cool. Okay. Your first question. Um, what is something that most people wrongly assume about you? I'm from America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what your reaction is when people, I'm like going off the script now, but I'm curious what your reaction is um, when people assume that about you. It's more like people don't believe me when I say I grew up in Japan till 19. Huh. Why do you think people have a hard time believing that? That, that seems bizarre to me that people would like <laughs> question it. Um, I think because I am culturally very Americanized and also I speak almost fluent English right yeah yeah hmm. it's I I think where my surprise is coming from is like because New York City is such such a multicultural like beautiful metropolitan place in that way I'm just like yeah that that's where my surprise is coming from but oh. um yeah also people don't believe that I'm 36 that I believe. <laughs> All right, I believe that people are surprised at that. <laughs> Thanks. That was a surprise for me too. Uh, okay. Um, what is something that you would like to be acknowledged more for? Ooh, wow. That I want to be loved. Hmm. Am I allowed to like elaborate on that? Oh, please elaborate on that. Okay. So I think people know that I love people, but and I also want people to acknowledge that I also want to be loved. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I really hate being alone. <laughs> I really hate being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is something that's come up a lot in in some of these conversations is like leaders who yeah, that like leadership is lonely and mm-hmm. um or it can be. And yeah, that giving so much love to others sometimes it's it's hard to get it reciprocated in the way that feels most nourishing. Thank you for acknowledging that. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Yeah, for sure. Um what is something that most people learn from you? Ooh. I think they learn that no matter who you are, there are artists in one way or the other. Ah, what a good thing to be teaching others. It's beautiful. Thank you for letting (laughs) me articulate. Yes. And last question. What is one of your favorite questions to ask other people to help you to get to know them? Who are you? Oh, oh. Do, I'm curious, do people, when you ask that, um, what is most people's reaction? They either go, what do you mean? Or they'll like just list 
laundry list of like the things <laughs> you do. Interesting. Awesome. Cool. Well, Yuko, thank you so much for for joining me today. I loved this conversation and yeah, you have such a beautiful, interesting perspective on on the world through the work that you do. And I'm so grateful that we got connected. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, like, I really appreciate you for having me on and creating this space for other people. And you're doing amazing things. So please keep going. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Mm, thank you. All right, everyone, there you have it. That is the episode with Yuko. Once again, let me know. Reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever it is. Let me know if you're listening to podcasts more, if you're preferring solo casts over guest episodes, and also feels good to you to leave a rating or review on iTunes, then that helps other people to find out about conversations that don't suck. I love you so much. Stay safe. Wash your hands.